perfect timing. So this is our official intro that we don't remember? I think so. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we're just like, yeah, we're gonna wing it, and then maybe we should make it more professional, and then... No, we we just wing it. We forgot. Yep. We did, yeah. Well, no, we, we knew we were gonna do something, but we don't remember what it was. And we don't want to go back and listen to the last episode to see what we were going to do. No. Not a fan. Maybe it'll... You're not a fan. <laughs> That's like the worst possible thing you could say. That you're not a fan. No. I mean, you should be like the biggest fan, right? I don't know. You don't know? Mm-mm. Well, I mean, why are you doing this then? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to listen to me. <laughs> you like talking, just not listening to mm-hmm. yourself? No. I can understand that. It is a little nerve-wracking. Because sometimes when I go back and listen to old episodes, I'm like, why did I ever say that? Yeah, why does it sound so awful? Right. Or you mispronounce something that you know how to say. I do that every episode. Yeah. But no, I usually don't know how to say it, though. <laughs> I always And then you're like, no idea. why? It's going to happen this one, too. Just why? I'm sure it will. It happens, like, every single episode, like you said. Because, I don't know, it's like you get talking, and then before you know it, tomato is tomato. It's tomato. (laughs) (laughs) So this is Parababble. It is. And we're on lots of different channels now, right? Lots of different ways to listen, check things out. Yeah. Mostly seems to be uh, YouTube for some reason now. I don't know why, but okay. Yeah. Well, we'll go with it. Because you can't see us. Maybe one day you will, but not anytime soon. No. No. We don't have the energy for that. No. This is like minimal effort. Mm-hmm. Minimal effort podcasting. It took us seven years to get to the point where we have actual microphones. <laughs> yeah, true. But hey, we're here doing it, yep. right? Yeah. And tonight's episode is about... I feel like we've been talking about these things a lot lately. Exorcisms. Demons. Demons. Is it just like we're getting into spooky season maybe? So, you know, it's like you want to talk more about those things. Well, we always want to talk about those things, but well, yeah. it's more acceptable now, I feel like. True. And before we start talking about our actual topic tonight, um, I do have to just have a little conversation with you and try to talk you out of becoming a demonologist online for twenty five fifty right now. It was 40 Oh. It's twenty five fifty. Yes, it's half You're not going to talk me out of it now. I'm definitely doing it. If you sign up... They had like a special where it's half price. Well, you just convinced me to do it rather than talk me out of it. You really so, think you're going to do it? I mean, do they give you like a paper certificate? Is there I, like a. If I get a certificate, <laughs> I would do it just so that I can get it. It would oh, be like a diploma. I'm sure you're going to get something like that because what proof would you have that you became a demonologist? This is true. And I'll get like my college degree that's sitting in my basement and I'll hang it up and I'll just make a point to hang up my demonology degree right next to it. Oh my god. Now I kind of want you to do it. I do too. I wasn't really going to do it but now I feel like I should. Because I feel like you could um, bring your updates to the podcast. We could talk about, you know, how your studies are going. Yes, my demonology studies. Yes. It's like this week's lesson, watch an episode of Ghost Adventures. (laughs) (laughs) Or... The case study of Emily Rose. Or, here comes the mispronunciation, Annalise 
Mikel. Well, I think you did pretty good with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I would think that that's what it is. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Yes, the real story. The real it. story. Not the movie. No, the movie was loosely based on the real story. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen it. I've seen it, but it was, I think it came out in like 2005. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't really remember it, which I was actually kind of glad because I feel like it didn't then cloud any of the stuff I was looking at about the real case. Yeah, I never watched it and I made a point not to yeah. before we did this. This whole case just makes me sad. Like, yeah, it's pretty messed up. It is. And it didn't happen like that long ago. No. For it to like still be kind of crazy. So Annalise was a young woman who had issues pretty much her whole life. Born in 1952. Yes. In Klingenberg, Bavaria, West Germany. So her family was very Catholic. I read that her dad at one point was going to become a priest. And she Mm -hmm. had three aunts that were nuns. And the family went to church twice a week. So right off the bat, kind of like, you know. Red flags. Yeah. <laughs> Red flags. <laughs> Setting the tone for that religious background. Yeah. Uh, Catholic Ex- religious background. Extreme. So before we start talking about her, I think that it's worth talking a little bit about her family situation and what that looked like because I found it kind of interesting. Um, I was reading some stuff about her mom. Yep. who had a kid out of wedlock and because she was so religious, like that became a big tone in her life about trying to, you know, repent for that. Yep. And that had an impact on Annalise. I also read that when she got married, they had her dress all in black. Yeah. She wore like a black veil. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yep. I mean, nothing like shame, shame, shame. Yeah, seriously. So she always felt guilty about that. And I think that kind of had an impact on how Annalise was raised, too. Yeah. And the daughter that was born before her, before her mom was married, who actually died. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't. Yeah. So that daughter died. She had some kind of surgery and she died during surgery. And I have to date here somewhere. I don't know. She was, Annalise was still a kid, though. So that's kind of interesting because, you know, she thought that she did this terrible thing to begin with. And then to have the child pass away at some point, I'm sure just reinforced the fact that she wasn't in God's good graces. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the mother, like, raised Annalise to to repent for her mother's sins. Yeah. And, like, other people's sins. I read some crazy thing about how she, like, slept on the floor because, like, drug addicts slept on floors. And, like, to, like, try to make sure that she was repenting for all these other people that didn't have anything to do with her. Yeah. Oh, the other daughter died in 1956. I just found it in my notes here. So she was only four years old. She was born in 52, right? Yeah. So Annalise was four when her sister died. So, you know, that's probably going to have some impact on how things go. Yep. So Annalise was not healthy growing up. 
She had measles. She had mumps. She had scarlet fever. She was skinny. She had some other health ailments. Like the way that she was described was kind of like being fragile. Like she wasn't like a robust kid. She was often sick. Okay, so. So lots of health issues. She's sick. She's a fragile being. And then she starts to have some other stuff happen. She becomes like a teenager. Yeah, I got at the age of 16. She started having seizures and compulsions and eventually was diagnosed with epilepsy. But the medication they put her on didn't really do a whole lot. She still acted really erratic. And that's when all the weird stuff started happening. Or weird to them, I guess. Well, maybe not so weird. It's just scary. So she starts hearing voices. She starts to have these, like, hallucinations. And they blame Mm -hmm. it on the epilepsy. And, like, these weird seizures and, like, these absence seizures where she's just staring off into space kind of a thing. And this stuff continues on and off, but not enough for her to not go to college. So at 19, she starts college. And you would think that that would be, you know, the time where maybe she got out of the house. Maybe this stuff started to get a little better. She's not under, like, mom and dad's influence. But instead, the opposite happened. It's probably too late at that point. So... I saw that in um, 1970, she was hospitalized for TB, continued to get worse and worse, but she recovered from that. But that's like another thing. So now she's had measles, mumps, scarlet fever, tuberculosis. Like, you know, it's amazing that she survived up until that point. Yeah. Because that's like every bad disease you could possibly have. But she, um, she survives that. She starts college a couple years later. She's you know, out of the house, doing her thing, but then her mental health just completely starts to deteriorate. Yep. And the one thing that I saw that she said is that she, this is the first time she talks about demons, is when she goes to college. So she starts saying that she's having these interactions with demons, and she's seeing quote-unquote devil faces everywhere. Yeah. And she also, there's a game I have here, she became uh, very averse to anything So she's not doing that anymore. She couldn't stand the sight of any kind of religious symbols. I read at some point that she stopped drinking holy water. So I don't know if they must have given her that at some point. That's crazy. But she stopped doing that. And then if there was like a crucifix anywhere in the vicinity, she couldn't eat. Which was weird. Doesn't sound like she ate much anyway. And then they said that she she would like do like squats. She would do like hundreds of squats a day. Yeah. Until the point where, like, she ruptured her kneecaps. Yeah. Like, compulsive behaviors. Like, weird things. She was eating Eating bugs. bugs. Like, eating insects, like spiders. Didn't she, like, bite the head off a bird at one point? Like, she did some really wackadoo things. She was, like, stripping naked, running around, doing all these things. And they were like, okay. So, she the whole thing with the squats happened. She basically tore the ligaments in her knees and then she, there was this thing where she crawled under a table. Yeah. Did you read that? <laughs> no, I didn't see yeah. that one. She like crawled under a table and she was like barking like a dog. So I had 
read that before this last like couple of crazy incidents started happening, they had already tried to get her to have an exorcism twice before, and she was denied exorcisms. Hmm. So then the family wanted more medical help because she was denied these exorcisms. And Annalise is the one that begged for them to do the exorcism. Like she was the one that kept saying like, there's demons and I need an exorcism. And they were like, let's take you back to the doctor. And she was insistent that that wasn't going to help her. Hmm. What do you do when you're a parent? You know? Well, these crazy religious ones call in a priest. That's right. Named Ernst Alst. Yes. And Pastor Arnold Renz. So they called them in to start performing exorcisms on Annalise. And that's where everything gets really bad. Yep. So they did, they performed 67 exorcisms on her uh, throughout a period of 10 months in 1975. So... Multiple exorcisms, sometimes more than one in a day. I mean, just the thought of that is freaking exhausting. Yeah, it's like, at what point do you be like, um, it ain't working? Right. Like, (laughs) try something else. And this is, I think, what made it so sad for me. You know, is it the ego of the priest that won't allow the exorcisms to stop because they haven't cured her yet? They haven't exorcised her demons? Well, if you remember... Years ago, we did an episode on demons, and I remember reading a book that was written by an actual exorcist, and and one of the things that he would always talk about in there that drove me freaking crazy is that he was so confident, like there was absolutely no doubt in his mind that an exorcism will work if the person just follows the instructions, and any priest, if they were like devout, could do it, regardless of whether they were like some asshole that was like fiddling kids on the side. So during these 67 exorcisms, they identified, what, six demons? Yeah, I have them here. So, yeah, the priest said Annalise was possessed by six powerful demons. Judas, Cain, Nero, Hitler, Lucifer, and an unnamed disgraced priest. Felschman, I think, was his name. Felschman? Yes. So all six of these demons are inside of her, and they're vying around for power at any given time. And she's, you know, trying to fight them, and they're doing all these exorcisms, and they're not getting anywhere. And by the end of this, like, Annalise is a shell of a person. And, like, that's the thing that drives me crazy about this, too. It's like if you see, like, the physical side of things, I mean, she was malnourished dehydrated like that's not the work of demons that's the work of someone who's maybe mentally ill i but they were very insistent her family was insistent the priests were insistent that they really believed that this was like true possession so much so that when ernest first met the family he had to go back to the bishop and basically petition for this exorcism and the bishop didn't want to grant it because didn't think there was like enough evidence. So he spent a good amount of time with the family, like gathering all this information and bringing it back and bringing it back and bringing it back. And finally the bishop said, fine, go ahead and do it, which is how 
you know, the other priest got involved. But this wasn't like a snap decision that was just like, oh, she's possessed and we have to go in and do an exorcism. This was the third attempt given found about how, you know, Ernest Alt or, you know, whatever his name is, I think that's Alst. Alst. Had to go and keep petitioning this Bishop Joseph, what was his name? Um, Stengel? Stengel? To be able to grant this exorcism in the first place. But I couldn't find any any information about what kind of evidence he turned over to the bishop. Yeah, I don't know what he turned over to the bishop, but there's stuff out there like from their actual exorcisms. Like there's actual tapes. Did you see that? Yeah, which is after the fact. Yeah, so, and they're in German, but you could still hear them. Well, everything pretty just messed up. sounds angry in German, right? Yeah. It's interesting, though. What did they have besides her visions and auditory and, you know, hallucinations to go on? That's what I think is weird. It's like something must have been enough for the bishop to say, finally, okay, yes, go, go ahead and do this. But you think that that information would be somewhere that you'd be able to find. Maybe he just got tired of them asking him. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, it was just like, fine, if you think this is what's mm-hmm. happening, go deal with it. Yeah, so when Annalise was possessed, air quotes, she would uh, name the demons, the six demons that were possessing her, and she would explain why the church was wrong. And she also said that the demons told her several times that she was suffering as repercussions from her mother's sins. And for some, like, youth, too, I, I saw some stuff that it was like the youth of the world that wasn't following, like, religious you know, sanctities or whatever, that she was like a martyr for them too. And it was like, okay, well, which is it? How many different things is it? All of the above, yeah. You know, (laughs) like, I don't know. No. Some of those people are like famous people that are supposedly now demons and possessing her. Yeah, like Hitler. Yeah. And Nero. Nero was like a Greek. Yeah. You know, like, what are the chances that that's who it is? She's got all the big ones. Yeah. Exactly. All the celebrity demons. (laughs) The celebrity demons. So at the end of all this. Yep. She weighed 70 pounds. Yeah. And she refused to eat. And I had read that she, both of her knees were broken because she would get down and genuflect and pray so much that she literally broke the bones in her knees Mm -hmm. and then continued to do it even after that. That's nuts. Right? Yeah. Like just the level of pain. I don't understand like how anybody could watch that go on and just be like, "Okay, keep, yeah, keep we're gonna get back at it tomorrow." Yep. It says her final words were to her mother, were directed at her mother. It says, "Mother, I'm afraid." So they did an autopsy. Yep. She had an official cause of death, and that was malnutrition and dehydration that resulted from. Almost a year of semi-starvation during these exorcisms. So she dies July 1st, 1976 at the age of 23. And I also saw that they did an autopsy after the fact, and they actually looked at her brain and couldn't find any signs or symptoms of epilepsy. Yeah, so that was something that came up afterwards. Um so the medication that she was on um, for the epilepsy, it says here, hang on, let me find my notes here. So they think now that 
you know, it's many years later, and like there's more advances in medicine and mental health stuff like that, that she was probably misdiagnosed with epilepsy. She didn't actually have it. Um, they think maybe she had she was schizophrenic, and the medication that she was prescribed for the epilepsy actually has been known to intensify symptoms of schizophrenia. It's just so crazy because I feel like anytime there's one of these like exorcism stories, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, how many times do we see that somebody comes out of it and they're healed and they go on to live a happy life afterwards? I feel like they either always fail <laughs> or something tragic happens. I mean, I'm sure that there's ones out there of people being successful and you just don't hear about those. The real exorcist one we just did. Well, but I mean, that's, I guess, debatable too, right? Yeah, if it ever even happened. Exactly. But at all, well, this is not debatable because it did happen. Well, yes, there the was tapes of this. Part, yeah, so the tapes are interesting. I started listening to some. Couldn't understand them because they're German, but they're interesting. Like, you could say they're creepy, but they're they're not really. I'd say they're more sad because when you listen to them, you hear the priest's voices speaking in German, and then you could hear Annalise, and it's, like, unmistakable when she's speaking, even though they're all speaking German, because she sounds exactly like Linda Blair in The Exorcist. <laughs> and I think that's where it all is coming from. Because look, look at the year, 1975. This is a couple of years after The Exorcist came out. Mm-hmm. It's Everyone was, like, in satanic panic back then, and yep. everyone was afraid of being Huge possessed. spike yep. in this kind of stuff. And if if you listen to it, it just sounds like stereotypical. Like she watched The Exorcist. She grew up super Catholic. And she's got schizophrenia. Yeah. So this is how it's coming out. Right. And it's like, that's I think something that is crazy too, is that whenever you see these exorcism cases, it's like their textbook, right? Yep. Like the demons always have people do the same things. Their voices always change to a certain thing. They always, you know, use a lot of profanity. They say really disgusting things. You know, it's like there's there's a criteria for, you know, what happens when somebody gets possessed, which I don't understand either. Like, why is it so similar, you know, those experiences, if they're not being influenced by anything else? I was going to say, because they all saw the same movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, some of the the famous quotes translated from the original German audio, which you could listen to on YouTube. The whole, there's a whole exorcism session, one of the 67 that they performed. Um, she says, Lucifer, the devil in the flesh. People are as stupid as pigs. They think it's all over after death. It goes on. And then she starts talking about her own death, her own upcoming death. And it says that it would atone for the sins of others. So there's that martyr piece. Yep. And... I read that people still go and like make a pilgrimage to her gravesite because they consider her to be a martyr, like somebody who died for everybody else's sins. That they go and like they make a pilgrimage, they sing songs at her grave, they, you know, it's like part of like the people that are religious, they make it a point to go there and visit it. They're all nutcases. <laughs> Well, it's easy to say that, right? Yeah. It's easy to be like, it's all crap. None of it's true. It is. It's, they're all crazy, overly religious people, and that's why she died. But even, you know, to see your child going through that, you know, I can understand maybe the first couple times if you're religious, but after 
you know, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 times. And you see that it's like and even basically f- killing her. And even 40 years after she died. Yeah. There's a quote I found in here. In 2005, Anna Mikkel, her mother, is quoted as saying, God told us to exercise my daughter's demons. I don't regret her death. This was in 2005, probably like when the movie came out. It's so nuts. Mm-hmm. So she dies. They put everybody on trial. Parents and both priests. Yep. They play the tapes during the trial, which, you know, sensationalized everything all over again. Yep. You're at the height of everything, you know, but the judge, jury, whoever it was, didn't believe that she was possessed. They said it was their fault that they basically killed her. Yep, and they were found guilty. So I did see that the parents didn't actually do jail time because the judge had said that they had already suffered enough, mm-hmm. which I don't necessarily agree with. I mean, no. you could have stepped in and stopped what was going on at any point. Yeah, that's the thing. They, they were all found guilty, but they basically weren't. And the priests were sentenced for six months yep. and three years probation. It's just nuts. Exactly. It's just sad, right? Yep. This is a case of someone that was mentally ill that was killed by wacko religious people. Yeah, by the, her own family. Yeah, who still are so brainwashed and idiotic to this day that they are like yeah she died for my sins i don't know the more i like read up about these like supposed true possession cases the more i just feel like mental health plays such a huge part in all of this whether it's like the family being influenced by somebody or you know and yeah there there wasn't like advances like they don't didn't know or treat mental health as much back then as they do now. But I'm not even talking about Annalise. I'm talking about the religious people. <laughs> I'm, I'm going on a rant now about these crazy Catholics. Yeah, and just the harm that yep. it did. I mean, you know, from their point of view, they're in a fight for her life with good and evil, and you can't let e- evil triumph. But It's like if God, but this is what I don't understand, right? If God is Mm -hmm. all powerful, because that's what everybody says, Mm -hmm. it's the most powerful thing in in the universe. Why does it take 67 times of using the force and power of God and you still can't expel these demons? I'm sure there's some BS excuse in there that uh, Annalise didn't accept God properly or something during the exorcisms. And that's why it didn't work. Going off that exorcist book. That I remember. Right, because it's always blame the victim. There it is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> blame the victim. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. You didn't act the way you were supposed to act. You didn't believe enough. You didn't have enough faith in things. It's so simple. All you got to do is accept Jesus. Right. But don't you think that if that came down to, like, dying? I mean, the torture that she must have gone through for those 67 exorcisms, at some point you probably would say anything, you know? Except she was actually mentally ill. True. But it makes me even think of like the Salem witch trials and how many people confess to being witches just to have the torture stop. Yep. You know, you'd think that she had a religious background. She could have been convincing even if she didn't mean it to at least make the priests maybe back off a little. But just so much intensity for so long. Ten months. She wasn't like literally she wasn't in her right mind. To probably even do that. She probably had no idea what was even going on after 67 exorcisms. 
I did read that her, her death could have been preventable if they force fed her, you know, with probably with a feeding tube in her or whatever. Yeah. Well, if you see pictures of her before all this, I mean, she, like I said before, she was frail to begin with. She didn't have the best of health, but she clearly had other things going on. You could see pictures like after too, and it's pretty disturbing. And I thought that like one of the criteria to be able to do an exorcism was that you had to look at that mental health piece of it. You had to like rule it out. And even if they, even if that wasn't done, the fact that they thought she had epilepsy still should have been enough for them to think there was something else going on. Yeah, you got to dig a little deeper. Yeah. If you thought she had epilepsy. It's just a sad story. Mm-hmm. This is why we all need to convert to the satanic temple. <sighs> yes. I totally agree with this that. This shit wouldn't happen with them. No, it would not. You are of your own free will. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nobody is omnipotent above you. You are your own most important being. And if you don't like the way something's going, then you don't do it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Including being exercised 67 times. Right. 